Gambia is so beautiful. We don't even know how beautiful Gambia is because most of us, we are stuck in the combos and we don't even travel out to see. Like, Gambia is so beautiful. That's what I plan to do next year. I plan to travel a lot and take a lot of pictures of Gambia. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll show you guys how beautiful Gambia is. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head off the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head off the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Hello, welcome to the Barabekas Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donkor. Today, I have a special guest here from Gambia, and he's the Barrier Breaker of the Month of December 2020. This is a special edition. It's separate from the regular podcast, so I just want to be bringing this here monthly. And this person has been amazing to Barrier Breaker's Corner. <laughs> he does all of our graphic designs. I mean, most of the posts that you see for Barrier Breakers of the Month, he's the one been doing it. He's amazing. I love his work, and I thought, Hmm, why not use him to be, or make him, use is a bad word, oh my God, <laughs> why not make him the barrier breaker of the month of December? And I really appreciate all you do. His name is Bernard Aqua. Yeah. Can you please introduce yourself and everyone know about you? Hi guys, my name is Bernard Aqua. I am half Ghanaian, half Gambian. I'm a photographer popularly known as a photographer. I'm also a financial auditor. And people don't know that, so that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also a financial auditor and an accountant as well. Basically the same thing, sort of. That's me, 27-year-old. Yeah, that's me, that's me. That's amazing. One of the reasons why I actually decided to work with you was one of your posts on social media, which was like one of my favorite. Oh, it looks like it was last year, December on the not all violence is physical. That was like one of my favorite posts. And I think I was talking to you the other time. I was like, is this a campaign or for somebody or for this mission that, and that was what captured me to your work. And I've seen your photography before, but I was drawn to, this is what drew me to working with you. And I was like, oh, and I did remember you because of the graphic the design you've done. No, not even the cultural. I even forgot about the cultural show. Literally, <laughs> I forgot about the cultural show. But I do remember graphic design that you did for my sisters. Remember their 21st birthday that you did? And I was like, oh yeah, he does that. So that was why I linked the two and I was like, oh, cool. I can ask him and see if he wants to do that. 
And you've done amazing because I've looked at other people's work and it's like, ah, <laughs> no, I can't use these people to work. I am about excellence and putting the right work out there. So I was really like looking out for someone. And then when I, I remember that post and then I now remember the graphic design you did for my sister's birthday. And I was like, okay, I think I have the person. And then you came up. It was later, your birthday, that I was like looking for pictures. And I remember seeing a picture of you on the, maybe I'm going to post this. <laughs> but I saw the picture and I was like, oh, there you are. I didn't even realize that it was you. So <laughs> we've come a long way. And the thing I sent to you, was that thing I sent to you that I was asking about myself, how have I worked with you? Yes. I did like a service for people to like give you feedback on how they feel about me working with them or as an individual or just me personally, just to know whether I have a bad trait I need to work on or, you know, and I sent it to him and that's when I knew that this person has known me from like when I was way young. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, it's a small world and you need to be careful how you treat people because imagine if I had treated you badly as young as you were then, like, I don't know how we'll be relating today. You know, one needs to be very, very careful. And I appreciate everything that you're doing. So my first question, have you always wanted to become a photographer? Yes, sort of. I started out editing pictures on my phone, basically. I remember there was a point in my life where all I had was editing apps for no reason. I used to be the sort of guy that was always on his phone. So social media and stuff like that. So when I was not on Instagram per se, I would still be on my phone and I didn't have a good phone back then so I couldn't play a lot of mobile proper games. So the best thing I could do was editing photos. And it just started out as one of those things you do for fun. And eventually everyone was sending me their pictures to edit. When they took a picture on their phone, they would send, Ben, please can you edit this for me? And I would. And I remember back in the day, I figured out how to cut out someone and paste them on a white background. That was with the phone. And that was like, so like, wow. And everyone wanted to do that. So I was always that guy. Was it that you had a better phone? No. What phone were you using at that time? I had a Sony X1. Oh. And then I had a Samsung S3. So it was an editing app that actually was helping you edit their photos? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Gotcha. Then eventually I started taking pictures with my phone. I remember the first time I got an iPhone. That was basically why I got an iPhone. I got an iPhone 6 and I was like, oh my God, now I have a phone. I can actually take pictures. Because <laughs> I had edited pictures so much that I got to understand the concept of a picture. Mm. And the phone I had, the Samsung S3, wasn't giving me good enough proper picture to edit. So I really wanted an iPhone. So when I got an iPhone, I remember I started posting more pictures on Instagram. But then and I was doing black and white pictures, just normal pictures. So it wasn't anything extra. Mm. It was just normal black and white pictures. And But eventually people started really digging it. So yeah, and now I'm here. <laughs> it's just one of those. What happened to the audit? Was it always mm -hmm. there? Like that's the vision? Like when you were younger, you're like, oh, I want to become an auditor or I want to do finance or something like that? Yes. Just to be in the finance world. Were you in finance in school, in the commerce class? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you just found your path in audit? Yes. After school, actually, I wanted to do more of a business management sort of, but when I finished senior high school, I finished senior high school in Ghana. So when I came back to Gambia, my uncle works with banks. So he sort of lured me into accounting because he promised the African way. <laughs> he promised that if I could get an accounting paper, mm -hmm. certificate would get me a job easily. Okay. And I really didn't like school. I've never really liked school that much. I don't know so. who likes school. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I was thinking about going to the university for five years and all of that. So he told me about ACCA and how I could just do the course for a few years and then I would have be chatted. And he's really good at talking people into things, just so you know. So that's how I got into ACCA. How is the ACCA? Because I'm asking you, how is the ACCA? Because me, I never loved ACCA. <laughs> there was nobody going to love me to do ACCA. How is it like for you? I think one of the best things about photography for me is it being an escape from ACCA. I really respect a lot of people. Mm. I really respect people that are chatted, people that have completed ACCA. Like, it's not easy at all. Yeah, it's not. It's not. After a master's and my dad was like, you need to do the ACCA. I'm like, daddy, I need to go and work and get the work experience before I start thinking about doing ACCA because I just felt like one, after getting that degree and you have no work experience, yeah. you go straight and do another course or something like that. We are just gathering academics and not experience. And then I've heard stories of people taking the exams over and over and over again and I was like, nope, that's not happening. I am not. So I was like, I kind of like was scared of taking the exam because I don't want to take an exam and fail and have to repeat it over and over again and paying so much money for it. I was just scared of it. And being in America, it's like, I mean, get your master's degree, but experience is also very, very important for them. Just learn and know more stuff and then you're able to get out there. That's great. So what are the fun things about photography? What do you like about it? I think one of the best things about photography is bringing people's dream into reality and also meeting a bunch of people. I'm not really a people's person. I can see that from the way you're talking. (laughs) Yes, people really don't know this. People actually think I'm a people's person, but I'm not. I just, lack of what I can just pretend. I just pretend when I'm around a lot of people to fit in. No, but with your friends, you're open. Yes. Like when you talk about you're not a people's person, I feel like because of the work you do, you have to be open, you know, to some extent so that yeah. you can be able to relate with your clients. Exactly. Photography has done that. Uh, it's actually giving me, usually I'm not the kind of person that will first say hello to someone. But these days I'm chatty. I try to have conversations with my clients and crack jokes. I'm not funny. I'm not a funny person, just so you know, but I try to crack jokes and all of that. So yeah, that has been really fun. Yeah. And I love this no violence. Tell me more about it. Not all violence is physical. Tell me more about that. What made you make that post? So I grew up in a home where everything looked perfect. You know, the mom and dad, everyone is fine. Everything looks perfect. To me as a kid, everything looked perfect. And then I grew up and I realized that things weren't actually as perfect as it seems. And usually whenever we talk about violence, we always assume someone slapping someone or hitting someone dead. And that is violence. I'm not saying it isn't. But then we have a lot of people going through some form of violence, going through some things in their relationship. It's not just marriage. A lot of people going through some things where they can't actually say it. Being it a mom that actually hates their child. There are a lot of moms that don't like that. You can't tell someone that my mom doesn't like me. Yeah, that's true. They will never believe you, except if you come with scars and stuff like that. But what if the person doesn't have scars? What if the person relates to other people because of how their parents treat him? All those petty things are violence, but we don't talk about them. We are only talking about someone slapping someone or fight or blood and all of that. But there's more to it than just that. Yeah, but it's not physical. It's just the words that they are using against you. I think I faced that before where it was more of their words 
and the way they put you, not in my family, not in my home, but outside, you know, I've faced that a lot. And it's a form of bullying. Yeah. And it's like, how do you even act or how do you behave? You know, or how do you tell somebody that this is what I'm going through? I remember when I was being bullied in school, as young as I was, I couldn't tell my parents. I don't know why I couldn't tell my parents. I just told them that I just want to change schools. That's all I could say. But I don't know why. Well, for me, I was also a reserved person in school. But I don't know why, even if it's at home, this is my parents. I should be able to tell them that I'm being bullied at school. To this day, I cannot even understand why I couldn't tell. And I get that point where people are just being violent. It's not just with action or slapping the person or beating that person up, but your words are also hurting people. And I think that's one of the things we discussed in one of our podcasts, that words are very, very important. They're going to either break you or make you. Tell me about the graphic design because you're also doing graphic designing as well, right? I mean, you're still doing graphic design. You do the graphic designs for Barrier Breakers. So was that also a passion? Yeah, I'm actually a jack of all trades. I want to learn everything. So when I started actually editing pictures properly on a laptop, I also kind of went into graphics, I would say accidentally. I wasn't really ill. Something I wanted to try and understand. And I remember my friends and I started this thing, Tall Black Boys. We had a bunch of, we were printing t-shirts and stuff like that. So initially there was a guy that was doing a logo for us, but he did something crappy. So I said, you know what, why don't I do it? I can do it myself. So I started downloading YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I started learning from there. And I started enjoying it. It's fun. It's actually creating something from nothing. Actually fun. So Yeah. This actually tells me, like, for Barrier Breakers, I always say, step out on faith and defy the odds. And this should let people know that just keep trying and do something. Sometimes it might not be something that you like to do, but opportunities always present themselves. So when opportunities come, you need to understand that this is an opportunity for you. You may not know where it's going to take you, but just start, you know, just do what you're doing. I mean, you saw an opportunity in creating the logo for Tall Black Boys. You are now doing different graphic designs. I mean, you did the one for my sister's birthday. So looking at where you've started and where you are now, one needs to just put a foot in there and just start doing something and don't say, oh, where is this going to take me? Sometimes you don't have to look at where it's going to take you, but just start doing something just for fun or stuff like that. And you see people who just like how you did your photography, you know, you were editing on your phone and it's like, oh my God, he did this. It's really nice. Can you edit for me? And then people will just start coming. You can now turn that into a business. That's the thing. We've been programmed in such a way that we only think that if you become an accountant, if you become a doctor, if you become a nurse or an engineer, that's the only way. But then that's actually not the only way. That's just like so many ways. And then there's nothing as fun as making money from something you actually love doing, like your hobby. Let's use the word hobby, like making money from your hobby is one of the best things. Because when you're doing something that is supposed to be a hobby, you're not doing it for the money. It's more fun. And then you realize that whatever you're doing, it's lively. It's more lively than actually you being in the office. I'm, I'm not saying that being an accountant or whatever is bad, but if you're doing something that you actually have passion for, just a hobby, something you're doing for fun and then making money from it, it's like totally different. And I know a lot of people that are good in some petty things and they just do it for fun. You can commercialize anything. That's something I've come to realize right now. You can commercialize anything. And I think it's really happening now with social media. I've seen a lot of people starting pastries, businesses and stuff like that. I think it's amazing. And whoever is doing that, I'm really proud of you. Really, really proud of you. And 
if there's anyone that would anything at all, anything, just know that if you are good in something, there's somebody out there that would need your services one day. So you just do it, commercialize it. You're right. I always say that people have a sphere. Everyone has a sphere that they're supposed to dominate. And the Bible says that to whom much is given, much is expected. And so if you are doing the little that you can, God will increase your sphere because if you take care of that little that he has given to you, then he'll keep increasing it for you. But if you're not even taking care of the little that he has given you, how do you expect him to expand you and make you go higher and bigger? And also I was going to say earlier that people should stop doing the fun stuff for free. <laughs> start commercializing it like you're saying. Like obviously when you're starting, you want to start for free and build a portfolio and build your clientele. But as time goes on, stop doing for free and start charging people because if not, you're not going to have business. And then especially in our African community, you see people doing stuff for free and then they'll get angry. Oh, I did this with this person. At least they would have given me like a hundred dollars or a hundred dollars or something. They should have given me something. And you're getting angry, but why are you getting angry with the person? You never tell the person that I'm charging you for this. Like, don't keep quiet over it. At some point, you want to make money out of what you're doing. And definitely, again, at the beginning, you start for free and build up from that. But eventually, make money out of it. It will take you higher and higher. So what are some of the challenges you've faced with photography? I think one of the biggest challenges I face is getting equipment because we don't have uh, any proper photography shop in Gambia. So whatever you need, you would have to order it from outside Ghana, Nigeria, US, UK. And it's especially this year with Corona, it's really been a hustle and it's not easy. I had a conversation with a friend three days ago and he was saying he ordered a lens from the US and then he had delivered to someone that was supposed to bring it with him in December. And this lens is worth about $3,000. And all of a sudden, he can't hear from the guy anymore. Wow. That's how bad it is. It's really a struggle getting equipment here and trying to meet up the standard. Wow. Gambia is a small country and it's in a place where it's hard to get certain things over. So I do understand where you're coming from because somebody would be like, ah, how come, you know, but it's like, it's not well in that area of photography and in some other areas, it's hard for you to get certain things. You know, my, even my into baking and stuff, but even to get some of the things that she needed, like at some point it's like, oh, I'm shipping stuff to Gambia. Oh, can you get this for me? And can you get that for me? And she'd be like, oh, great. Then I'll just order it for her and then send it. If not, she's not going to have what she really wants, you know? So that's, I understand that. What of with work though? Like, how are you doing your job and the photography together? Like, how is that possible? But I mean, I'm asking that because even I struggle and I'm not even going out to take anyone's photos, but just being at home. Anyway, you know, confession. For me, it's just, I have bad time management. <laughs> <laughs> For real, I have bad time management because I could be doing my work. I have so many things I need to get done, but sometimes I've just been lazing around. So that's my own thing. But then it's like even doing barrier breakers and doing my work as well. It's like, oh my God, I need to find time to always do that. So how do you do yours? I get off work at 4.30 on a daily. So what I do is during the weekdays, I try to have at least uh, one shoot a day. So after work, usually I shoot around 5, 5.30 to 6. What I try to do is I try not to have too many shoots in a day. That way I have less pictures to edit because I also have to edit the pictures and I cannot edit the pictures at work. Mm. So, and that is why you always catch me up late at night because I'm always <laughs> editing pictures. <laughs> he never sleeps. I'll be up here. 
I mean, I, now we are five hours difference, but then it's like four hours difference. And this guy is, I'm like, what are you doing? Are you not supposed to be sleeping? And he's like, I'm still working. I'm like, how? Do, and you're talking about waking up at 4.30 a.m. Like, you wake up at 4.30 a.m. When do you sleep? Yeah, I sleep when I can. Do you take naps during the day? No time for naps. <laughs> wow. I try to take days off. Sometimes I take maybe a day or two off and then just sleep. No shits, nothing. Just sleep. But my busy days, photography-wise, Saturdays and Sundays. So those are the days where I pack like two, three, four. Sometimes today I had about five shoots. Mm. So Saturday and Sundays I pack up. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying, hmm, because I'm like, hmm, like, okay, that's good business. That is very good business. Wow. <laughs> I mean, who thought that in this 2020, people will be doing, like, photography? Like, photography was just like, oh, let's take a picture after church and let's do it. But now yeah. it's like... Everybody want to go back to the studio because it started in the studio, right? And now it's like, okay, we are going back to the studio to take photos. And even you, you don't even stick yours to just studios. You go outside of the studio as well, which is... Very- I actually barely do studios. I barely do studios. More of the outdoor person. Outdoor, yeah. And that's really nice. Gambia has nice places too. Gambia is so beautiful. We don't even know how beautiful Gambia is because most of us, we are stuck in the combos and we don't even travel out to see, like, Gambia is so beautiful. That's what I plan to do next year. I plan to travel a lot and take a lot of pictures of Gambia. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll show you guys how beautiful Gambia is. Like, literally, when I was back home, when I was in Gambia, I'm like, I need to go here. I need to go to Massachusetts. I need to go to Stone Circles. I never got to do it because I was always busy at work. I mean, I go to work at 7.30. I don't come back home sometimes to like 6, sometimes 7. And mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, I work as an auditor too. So it's like coming back home. Sometimes it's like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I never had time for myself. And it's either work, church, home, work, church, home. So like extra curricular activities. That's why like when I was back home, it's like more of the youth and getting them engaged in so many things that will make it fun because like there was nowhere to go. Yeah. But when I came here, I'm like, why didn't I go to Makasuta? Is it Makasuta? That's the name, right? Makasuta. I'm like, why didn't I go to Makasuta? Why didn't I go? The only time I went to, where's that place? At Ferry, that um, slave place. At Ferry, I've forgotten the name, yo. <laughs> it was only when I was in primary school when we went for excursions. That's when I went there. Yeah. I haven't been back there. And I'm like, I want to go there. I want to go to the Stone Circles. And now I see this other place, not the village. Upcas Lodge, yeah. It's so beautiful. I saw that place and I'm like, yo, I need to go home. I need to go home because I miss it. And I'm like, it is so beautiful. And Gambia has beautiful beaches. Listen, they are not paying us for this advert. <laughs> Y'all that want to go to Gambia, they are not paying us, but... Down. If you're a beach person, Gambia is the number one destination. Just come. Definitely. I'm telling you. I mean, I've been to Ghana and I haven't seen that there. Let let the Ghanaians come for me, but I haven't seen that. But in Gambia, we have beautiful beaches. It's... It's so beautiful. Like, people need to go. You really need to go and see. I had a friend that came in last year, December, from Germany. She said in Germany, they don't have lots of beaches, I think, because they are surrounded by countries. I mean, literally every day she wanted to go to the beach. Every day. <laughs> At some point, I was like, you don't do anything. And she's like, you guys don't even know. You guys don't know. The beach is like something. The sad thing is like, we here, we feel like a normal. Yeah, because we live close to the beach. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm going to the beach and I'm literally just walking. Yeah, walking down, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> Gambia has really beautiful beaches and clean beaches. It is, yeah. I think my favorite spot used to be Fajara. 
But then I saw this place that is far away. I've forgotten the name. Sanyang, yeah. I don't know how that is now, but that place was the bomb when I went there. I think I've gone there like twice or three times, but it's yeah, good. It, it still is the bomb. Really? See? Yo, I remember when I was younger, I always wanted to have like a house on the beach. And somebody was like, ah, getting a house on the beach is good. But then all your, your cutleries or your silverware, in America they call it silverware. <laughs> all your silverware, your forks, knives, spoons are going to get rusty. And I was like, oh, Oh, that's the disadvantage of having a house. I use plastic spoons. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. So we digress, but Gambia has beautiful beaches. They are not paying us. And if you want to sponsor us, we can always advertise <laughs> you guys here. You know, what's the name of the agency again? Gambia Tours. Yes. Yeah, if they want to sponsor us, they can sponsor Barrier Breakers Corner and, you know, we can advertise Gambia for them so that they can have people come to Gambia. <laughs> We actually need them. Yeah, yeah. People need, especially now that COVID is like low in Gambia, people can start going. Yeah. yeah. So we digressed, but let's go back to our questions. What are the lessons you've learned in business wise, you know, in life? What are the lessons you've learned? In photography, don't do anything for free. I have this thing where I do, even with my friends, I'll tell you, I can bless you with my talents. But even with that, I'm not going to spend a dime. So if I'm coming over to your place, transportation, you're paying for that. If there's any cost, you're paying for that. And also, I won't charge you, but give me something. Yeah. I'm not trying to get money from you. But at the same time... Yeah. Help me as I help you. Exactly. <laughs> now, you're going to make my friends come for me. Anita and my other friend, Pinky, they're going to come for me because I just started in the photography and I've been their model, even though they don't want to hear me. I mean, hear, hear me say I'm their model, but they have been using me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been using them too. <laughs> so, it's a win Exactly. But they're going to come for me and be like, Joyce, you have to start paying now because of what <laughs> you're saying. But I guess what you're saying, that's so true, you know. And I mean, you, we need to support each other. Let's not be doing so. Because if it was their own business, well, some of them will probably be the ones collecting money from me. They're going to be like, I don't care. So I get what you mean. Like I have a friend that is doing jewelry on, and she sells them on Etsy. And she tells me like, oh, Joyce, when you order, just let me know. I do this friends and, and family discount. And I'm like, girl, if you have a thousand friends and family, how much money are you going to make? She's like, no. Yeah, exactly. But for me, it's like, let me pay you what it's worth so that, you know, I don't want you to lose at the end of the day. That's a very valid point. One of the biggest things I've learned in life is happiness, finding happiness. We weren't taught how to be happy. I mean, as a kid, even sometimes when you went out to play, they will beat you for going out to play. So we've never really been taught how to be happy. We've been taught how to make money. We've been taught how to raise a family, but we've never been taught how to be happy. And what we do is we follow this trend where you're a kid, you go to school, you get a job, you get married. And I get it, especially in the African way, because the economy is so hard that we are not even allowed to take vacations it's something that sounds so strange. You can tell your African parent that, Ma, this December I'm traveling. Why? Oh, I'm just taking a vacation. What do you mean by that? You know, exactly. Like, Where are you going to? You're still young. Yeah, under my roof. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to be happy, which I realized that very early, which is something that I'm very proud of, that I realized very, very early. Just be happy. Money, success, and all of those things would come if you are actually happy with yourself. Like we've been told to hustle, to work continuously and all of that. That is true. Making money is good. 
not saying money is not good, but find things that make you happy along the way. So if you are working six days a week, that one day, try and smile the whole day. Do things that make happy. If it's for guys, if it's video games, play video games the whole day. Don't let anybody stress you. If it's going out to the park, go out to the park. If it's music, like just be happy. Find time to be happy. And not happiness that's based on others. It should be happiness that comes from you. Yeah. That is something that I learned recently. I went through a dark path. I had a couple of years where I was suffering from depression and stuff like that. So finally finding a way to be content with myself, to be to appreciate myself for who I am. I used to think I'm ugly. And these days I'll be the first one to tell you that, oh my God, I'm so cute. And it's really annoying. I know people tell me that, oh, you're, you're so, so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. You know, I don't own a mirror in my house anymore. Like I don't own a mirror. I wake up in the morning and I'm just sure that I look good. And I I'm step out. Dude. Yeah, this one. It's just finding happiness within yourself, finding things that make you happy and work for your money, build your family up and all of that. But make time for yourself. Very, very important. Make time for yourself. Be happy. That is a valid point. I can't agree more. Like, that's finding yourself. I mean, finding happiness is also finding your self-worth. And I think that's what happened for you or happened to you. Because for you not to even have a mirror in your house and be able to step out, having found your self-worth and being like, I'm I'm cute, I'm handsome, you know, I'm dapper, like I'm stepping out and you already know. So when you go there, that confidence alone is just, I mean, reflecting out there, like it's shining forth out yeah. and people are seeing that. Because when you have that mentality that, oh, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm down. When you go out there, that's what people will see. Aura, is that what they call it? There's an aura around you that, yeah, just there's a negative thing that is out there, you know, on you that is just reflecting out there. So when you go there, I'm, I'm ugly, I'm this, that's all people are going to see. They're going to see you're ugly. And then they'll even have thoughts about you just because that's what you have put in yourself. But now you see how beautiful you are, how handsome you are, how cute and wonderful you are. And then stepping out there, just be drawn to that energy because yeah. that's the yeah. energy that is around you. Exactly. That's the word I was saying. That's the energy that's around you. And people are going to see that and going to be drawn to that. But if you have that negative energy, people are going to see that and run away from you. And you'll be wondering exactly. why they run you know, away from you. But that's what is in you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, growing up, we were always told that beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Mm -hmm. And we've always thought the beholder to be the someone other person. else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, but then we are the beholders. Yeah. Beauty is what it says. I'm telling you that you're a lady, you're wearing wigs, mm -hmm. a long wig. That's how you want me to see you. If you're a guy and you're wearing a white shirt today, and that's how you want someone to see you. Mm -hmm. I mean, beauty in itself lies within you. Yeah. Because there's no definition for beauty. There's nothing like, oh, for a beautiful person, you have to have this specific sort of nose, these eyes. As well, made some people beautiful and we've told ourselves we are ugly. Yeah. It's just the mindset. So the moment you tell yourself that, you know what, I'm beautiful. Like my eyes, my nose, my mouth, it's perfect the way it is. That is exactly how everybody will see you. Everyone will just see you and they say, oh my God, you're gorgeous. That's just it. Yeah, that's so true. When I was little, like I would always be like, mm, I wish my nose was a certain way. I wish my lips were a certain way. And I'll be so upset. Why did God create me this way? But then at some point I'm like, girl, you're beautiful. Girl, you're fine. Like I just speak to myself. And when you talk about... Um, finding happiness and as kids you want to do that like why you want to do this as you even get bitten for going outside to play I think I was telling one of my friends this and I was like as Africans and African kids we need to go to therapy <laughs> 
Because there's really so do. many things that has been said and done because of certain things or certain words or what we have done that we have gotten so used to. Like we need therapy to, to just cleanse and remove those things out of our mind because we've been through a lot. A lot of words have impacted us. You know, our parents may not have meant it, but saying that, especially like comparing you to another person, saying words like, oh my God, why are you failing? This is just a reading subject. It's a reading subject. Why are you failing? Like, I'm good in math, but I'm not good in this area. How can I be better in this area? How can you help me be better? Don't use those words on, oh my God. It's like, we need to go to therapy and just like let it all out and get better. But oh, I mean, I understand. And I'm so happy that you have come to that point where you found happiness and it's happiness in, I mean, in you, not dependent on somebody else. It's in you. Try and do stuff for yourself. And when we talk about doing something you love, one of my hobbies or one thing I love to do is hanging out with young people. And I think that's why I always, like, I never really went out when I was in Gambia. I was always planning one thing for our youth to do something, like this cultural shows, Christmas events. You see me sitting down, be planning the whole thing and trying to make sure that it's perfect and all of that. And I was just getting myself involved because that's what I loved. And now it's like, okay, because I was able to do that, I'm able to stand here or sit here and talk about things and talk about stuff that will help young people because I've seen where they've lacked and where they need to get up and do better, you know. So find what you love and you get to that place where you are happy and enjoying yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we get busy, but take a day off and just relax. Some days I just sit down and don't want to do anything. And it's okay. If somebody says, you need to go out. If you don't plan to go out that day, kindly say no. You don't have to tell them why you're not going, but no, I can't do it today. Can we do it another time? Fine. There's no harm in saying no. All right. My last question is, what encouragement can you give to people that will help them? You know, people that are feeling like, oh, I can't break barriers. I'm stuck. This life is hard. You know, what encouragement can you give to them? The most important thing is trying. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is not giving up. Nobody started out perfect. Nobody started out world number one in something. They started from somewhere and kept going. Mm -hmm. So they became number one. The most important thing I keep telling even my younger brothers and sister is that if you love something and if you really believe in yourself, just keep doing it. Just keep mm -hmm. doing it. A lot of people focus on the financial aspect of things where they start a business and financially it's not booming and they're down. And also with social media, I've seen a lot of people complaining about social media. Where, oh, I'm getting 20 likes. I'm getting 10 likes. Those are 20 people that actually love what you did. Right. They are liking your, your page because they actually love it. And if you don't appreciate those 20 people, then how would you get 300? How would you get 1,000? So keep going, never stop. And also learn how to celebrate the small, small wins. Learn how to celebrate the little wins. If you're selling products and you've been selling five courses uh, continuously, and then one month you sold six, my brother, be happy. Enjoy those. Because don't wait. We usually wait for milestones yeah. to celebrate. We want to make 10,000. We want to have 10,000 followers before we do Yeah, 10,000 followers. <laughs> but then every single follower, every single sale you make adds up to it. Before you have 10 million, you should have five. You should have 10. You should have mm. 15. So we should learn how to celebrate the little wins, the small, small things, things that nobody would understand, but just only you would understand. 
If you find a new customer, be happy, celebrate it. Buy yourself a drink, do something, just be happy, celebrate those little, little things. And then you would actually realize how far you've come. Because most of the time we are so worried about where we are going. We don't realize how far we've come. Mm -hmm. Where we started from and where we are today are totally different, different. people. Yeah. That tell you that in a year or in two years time, you're not going to be where you are today. Yeah. So that's why we have this one of my favorite hymns, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Yeah. That's the only way, that's the only way you realize how much you actually gain. A lot yeah. of times we don't even know how blessed we are. For example, this whole thingy, um, we have people that have lost their lives. We have people that have lost their jobs and all of that. Mm -hmm. And just being alive alone is a blessing. Yeah. We don't even celebrate that. We are not even celebrating the fact mm -hmm. that we are alive. Yeah. How many million people lost their lives, but we are alive. Yeah. Uh, we are here to tell our grandchildren about what happened. If you learn how to celebrate the little wins, you will know how far you've come. And that would motivate you to keep pushing forward. That is awesome. That is really great. Because I look at where I've been <laughs> five years ago when I started Biobricas, it was like Biobricas come and it's more of encouraging young people, you know, wanting them to help them have a plan of where they want to be in the next five years. And that's where I started in Gambia. I didn't even have social media for Biobricas or anything. <laughs> But now we are on social media. We have different things that we do on there. And then we have a podcast. That's like growth, you know. And yeah. I was stagnant for like two years because I just moved here. and it was. But then even at that, for me, I feel like I'd left a legacy because in Gambia, they haven't had it this year. I think they had it last year. Yeah, they had it last year. They haven't had it this year, but they've had it each year, I think, for the past four years or three years, they've had it. And it's like, that's what I left for them, for them to be able to push through and keep yeah. planning, you know, and keep doing what they have to do. And for me, that's really, really great and awesome. And I wish I could do more for them, you know, but as time goes on, I believe I'll be able to do more and be able to expand barrier breakers into helping other people. But looking at where I've been and to where I am now, your point mm -hmm. is so valid. Like, I really am appreciative. You know, I'm so grateful for how far God has brought me. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but I mean, I've been doing photography for a while. But I actually started commercializing photography in 2019. That's last year. Are you kidding me? Yes, like last year, 2019. Wow. I think around March or something, because I came to Gambia in 2018, December. And then I decided not to go back to Ghana. So it wasn't something, I honestly speaking, I didn't think I would be here like this early. I honestly didn't think I would be here. 18,000 followers on Instagram? <laughs> yes. Please don't ask me how I got that. I honestly don't know. It's just, it's God. Wow. That is it. Like, looking back at where we've come from, like me being on my phone, editing a picture, or, <laughs> and then now I'm here on Barrier Breakers. Yeah. Interviewed. Right. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Knowing Thank that you. now, Thank like, I'm Thank super you. proud of you. It just tells you that one just need to put in a little work. Don't think that, oh, the market is saturated mm -hmm. with a whole lot of photographers. Podcasts, they have million and one people doing podcasting. Why am I doing podcasting? You know, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I just follow follow, follow, follow. But then the market is saturated with people podcasting. The market is saturated with people doing photography. The market is saturated with people in catering business or planning weddings or things. But just do something. Like we said earlier, I believe that God has given everyone a sphere for you to dominate. And the more you do and the better way you're able to handle that, there's more added to you because everyone sees their work. And especially if you are you're good at what you do, you are honest with what you're doing. Because there's some people that are very dishonest with their business. 
But if you're honest with your, what you're doing, people are going to get drawn to you and your business will start booming. And I believe that's what happened to you. So proud I of I think you. a lot of people look at entering business in a competitive mm, way. That too. That's one of the biggest mistakes people do because you see, say, for example, a photographer trying to enter into the photography industry and all of a sudden he's trying to be better than someone, mm. you know. You don't have to compete with anybody. Yeah. I don't know the population of Gambia, which is something. Two million. <laughs> we are two million people. Thank you. They can't all go to one photographer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they can't all go. So just keep doing you. And even if it's 500 people that will come to you, when they come to you, make sure they bring you 200 more. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. Don't compete with anybody. Just do you. Stick to yourself. And just make sure that whatever you're putting out there is selling itself. Yeah, it's so true. Just keep doing that and then you'll be on Barrier Broker Corner. <laughs> right. You'll be here. Right. <laughs> that is so true. Like, just put in the work. Don't compete with anybody. And don't think that you're going to start this today and then you're going to make a lot of money today. It's going to grow. I'm not making money out of Barrier Broker Corner. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> well, it's a business, but for me, it's like a nonprofit. I, that's what I want it to become eventually because I just want to use that to invest and impact other people's lives. And I have some projects that I really want to work on. So when the money comes, it's going back into community work. You know, that's what I want to do. But yeah, definitely we'll make money out of it. But it's not just for me. It's about pouring into other people and making sure other people are getting up too. Because I think that's what one thing people need to know is that as you are making it out there, you need to help other people come up as well not just you i know some people are wicked and and will betray you at some point but don't think about that think about the fact that you're poor and other people are being blessed and they also come up from there and that's how we eradicate poverty you know especially in our in our communities especially yeah. africa as well that's the only way we can eradicate poverty we don't look down yeah. on those people but help them come up as well you know yeah this has been a very amazing discussion thank you so thank much you. thank you thank you thank you i really yeah. appreciate thank it thank you for having me Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they-